0: Hello and welcome to Humanize the Hustle. I'm Alicia Slaughter and I created this podcast for health conscious corporate professionals, working parents, and entrepreneurs. Join me and special guests as we talk about the latest in mind-body wellness. Here we believe that health and happiness is non-negotiable. And just a reminder, this podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for medical help. Please seek out the help of a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Okay, now on with the episode. Hey, hey friends. It's Alicia. Welcome back to Humanize the Hustle. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Kathy Langelier to talk about the revolutionary power of herbs. Kathy is the founder and formulator of Herbal Revolution. Herbal Revolution provides high-quality herbal wellness products from the herbs and vegetables that are grown on her 21-acre farm in Maine. I found out about Herbal Revolution on Instagram last year, and I gifted myself 12 months of herbs from her Herb of the Month club. It was such a fun way to build up my herb stock and learn more about the healing power of herbs. Her goal is to bring these amazing healing plants back into the mainstream that not too long ago were the staple food and medicine of the people. Kathy is a true herbal expert. She's a published author, numerous award winner, and has studied clinical herbalism with the best in the business. Welcome, Kathy.
1: Thank you so much, Alicia, for having me.
0: It's so great to have you here, and I know that you've had a super long day. I think it's 6 o'clock p.m. after a full day of working on the East Coast, so I really appreciate your time, and I thought we could just jump right in and start from the beginning. I would love for you to tell the story about how you found your way into herbs and and what really drives your passion around herbalism.
1: Yeah, honestly herbs and like plant life has been my my life. I grew up I have the pleasure of growing up in Maine. The fortune, I was so fortunate to grow up in Maine and being a kid of the 70s and 80s, you no, know, you know, I grew up outside and I learned the plants that were in my backyard really at a really early age and and I it it was where I was my it was like my happy space being outside playing and learning the plants. But right in my backyard, we could we had so many things, including wild blueberries, wild raspberries. Dandelion was everywhere. Dandelion was probably the first plant that I started exploring and playing with. And and red clover was in our backyard as well. And that was the first plant that I that I ate and tried. And I remember as a kid trying the nectar of red clover for the first time and being so amazed and blown away by how sweet, like all the. Varying levels of flavors, but that sweet nectar piece was so mind blowing. So it just sort of evolved from there, learning the trees and then learning what the trees were edible and then learning that some were medicinal and the plants were medicinal. It was just this sort of gradual natural evolution. And when I was, when I graduated high school, I pretty much not long after sort of went and started working on farms and living off the grid. And a lot of these farmers, despite them never. Saying they were herbalists. They truly were herbalists. And I started to go deeper with learning what what's growing around me and its medicinal uses and food uses.
0: And so were was your family really into into herbs? Like who who taught you this as you were walking around? Or were you just like innately, there was something in you that's like, I'm so fascinated by all of these plants and what is edible and what is not edible and and how it serves my body. So it's just something inside of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My family is wonderful, but I was definitely the outside type. (laughs) I mean, we grew a garden, so that was a thing. And I was growing, you know, I love thinking back as I'm a farmer as well. And when I was selling my first pumpkins out of my dad, out of the back of my dad's truck off the side of the road at age like nine or 10 when he was like yeah you can have this plot and grow something and so i grew pumpkins so mm-hmm. it was definitely just it's in me and even i think about all the things like think most kids do that playing potions and making potions i was definitely that kid in the woods making potions i love that <laughs> yeah so it was definitely something that came from like i just it, you know i'm sure influenced by books i read a lot as a kid and but but it was definitely very intuitive. Mm
0: -hmm. And so you, you were obviously nurtured by your family too. It really sounds like they, they gave you that space to learn and to grow and and to, to sell. I mean, how fun to have a pumpkin patch that you were able to sell pumpkins out of. And then you, so you went to high school and then you started working on farms. And did you know that you wanted to eventually have your own farm and, and, and like, where was the, the fork where you went and said, I'm going to really dig into herbs.
1: Yeah. So there was like a few things happening simultaneously. I was working on farms. I was also teaching and doing outdoor education. So there was, there was this dual, there's both things that were really important to me, the learning how to grow food, but also having people be out in nature and feel comfortable. And I was working with kids and, and school groups and their parents as well. And it was such a strong desire and drive to really bring people into nature and to understand that connection, that we're part of it, that everything is connected. And to really, like, send that home because I think that there there's there's such a strong separation of, like – we're these humans and, you know, nature is outside and animals, but we're all, we're all part of the same cycle. And so that was also really important to me. And I actually expected myself to become a farmer and to have an educational farm. Yeah. And
0: and yeah. And so, but did that go that way for a moment? And then, so
1: yeah, sorry, it's there's so much to the That's story. Cool. But while teaching, I was also at the same time studying herbs. And it's because it was my lifestyle. So the thing is is that for these farmers too, working with herbs wasn't this like we're now herbalists or we're working with herbs. It was just part of our lives. So working with herbs was just, you know, like going and eating my dinner. I'm gonna also use these herbs. It was not like this separate thing. It was all part of it, though the lifestyle. And as I got older and went through multiple things like stone masonry and landscaper mm-hmm. and all of that, I came back and realized that I really wanted to be talking about herbs all the time. And there was a lot of vegetable farmers and really my passion was creating medicine. And this was probably about 15 years when I started Herbal Revolution and decided to sort of go that path. I was probably already 15 years into Pretty heavy, you know, studying of working with herbs medicinally, and and it was just this very clear thing. It was suddenly very clear, like, mm-hmm. oh, I and, and I never would have thought of it. If you had asked me in my twenties, I wouldn't have said no. It wouldn't have. I, it, so it's funny how it how it all just sort of kept evolving and kept presenting to me that I that I was sorry. Maybe That's okay. <laughs> I'm tripping yeah. a little no, bit.
0: You're good. No, I I love it. So, so you, you, you moved into herbs and you really, it sounds like you really moved into wanting to grow medicinal plants. Yeah. Right. You got really into herbs and and the medicinal uses of herbs. And so there must, there must've been something in there where it was like a spark where it's like, did you, did you yourself grow herbs and, and find them really? powerful for you? Or did you, did someone heal that you worked with or, you know, I'm just, or was it just yeah. like, no, this is this feels yeah. so right to me.
1: Yeah. It literally is just my life. Cause, cause what I'm saying yeah. is that like, it wasn't like I, like I already was working with them medicinally, like as, yeah. as a teenage, you know, in my early teens. And then, yeah. you know, my first, my first herb book I was learning, I was probably a teenager learning about the herbs in my backyard. And it just made sense to me because I already knew that they yeah. were edible. So it, it was just this sort of evolution. And on the farms that I worked on, because a lot of them were, despite them being vegetable farms, there were so many herbs on, uh, also on these farms that I lived and worked yeah. at. And I grew more herbs and created more preparations. So it was just this like continuation. This, it was just so organic and natural. You know, the, yeah. the the passion was living and working with the land, you know, that, yeah. that was, that was the seed that kept, you know, it was just like, I am going to live in a way that feels really authentic. And that to me at that time was living without water, without electricity and growing my food and growing my medicine. So it was just sort of how, what felt right for me, my life. And and yeah. how it sort of evolved was just continuing to educate myself, like, you know, how you, you start with like self-education, which is where it started for me. And then I'm like, all right, that's not enough. Now I need to seek out more who can teach me more. And suddenly yeah. I discover, oh, there's all these herbalists out there. I didn't even know. I mean, honestly, I just was yeah. like in my bubble and then and then suddenly I went to my first herb conference. And I was like, whoa, look at all these amazing humans all into yeah. herbs. And it just kind of kept growing and growing from there. And herbs for sure. I've seen, because, you know, the passion with plant medicine is because I have been using them since I was so young and I've been, I've been experiencing them and it's not just yeah. using them for an acute situation. It's also experiencing them on an energetic level, experiencing them working with them, you know? medicine from, from the land and from the plants can come from so many different ways, right. And we can ingest them or we can just spend some time with them. And suddenly, you know, you're, you're, you're suddenly feeling really inspired and creative thoughts are coming. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I love. So within each one of your herb of the month packages that I get, there's a book that you, and and you write the book. Yeah. 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 It's so amazing. And what do you call them? Little zines or something. I think there's a name little zines. So I have my, my 12 zines and I love that you within there, you have a a chapter or a page or two on spiritually connecting with the herb that you get and how to be with the herb and how to feel the herb. And, and I love that so much. I was so drawn to that because I did not grow up like you did at all. Like I didn't, I grew up, even though I grew up, but I was explaining earlier, you know, before we started the podcast, like in the redwoods and a very beautiful place, I didn't necessarily like have that draw that you had to go around and pick things are really like all of my interest came like much later in life. Yeah. And it was, I think mine, mine came because I was so disconnected from nature in that. And not like the nature that you get from like going on a hike, but the nature you get from sitting in the dirt from your hands in dirt from like crushing leaves and smelling the oils you know it's like there's something different there and also as I was you know I was kind of a younger mom I had both my kids by the like before I was 30 and when I my first exposure to herbs not and not in like the crushing the plants type of way but I found like holy basil and tulsi was the first herb I found as a new mom right and so I remember when I started I started just taking herbs in in its kind of like compound form. Right. So I was still I was like the baby step into realizing yeah. you know what these herbs could do for my body, but we'll, I want to hear we'll get into like your favorite herbs and stuff, but I know that my when I started connecting with the healing power of adaptogens and ashwagandha and tulsi and holy basil and those herbs and the way that I felt it affect my body when I had been living, you know, in a in a family social construct that was like, go get a, go get a pill, you know, a prescription for everything. And that I was able to find something so natural that was so powerful. I was like, Oh, you can really address and and heal your body and support your body with things that are much more natural and less and less destructive to your systems. And so that's, and, and now when I got your herb of the month box, I actually got Tulsi. I got a whole box that was just Tulsi and it was so fun just to see all the different things that you can make from it and see it. in it's real true form and how beautiful it is. I think it has little purple flowers and green leaves and all these things. And, and it just feels like so much more connected when you're trying to heal your body with plants and food is medicine and all of that. So I went a little off topic there, but kind of pulling it full circle of, you know, connecting with what you were saying and, And just that connection with plants is so powerful and, and the more people, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because the more people that I, that, you know, I can, that we together and, you know, get to just slow, to slow down and to look around and, and the dandelion, you brought the dandelion earlier. And, and I remember when I I didn't even really know that the dandelions that were growing out of the cracks in the ground were the same dandelion leaves that you would buy at the store. Uh-huh. And and then I started also learning about the healing properties of dandelion and how healing it is for your liver. And then I was like, people are are spraying them with pesticides to try to get them to go away. And I'm like, oh, yeah. everything is so back ass words, excuse my language. but And so those are the types of things where it's like, I always, I leave all the dandelion weeds, they call them, you know, all over my yard because they're pollinators. The bees come, they're healing. I mean, it's like, you know, the more and more we're so disconnected and the more and more people can start to get this connection. I think it's so important. So yeah, I speak. I said a lot.
1: (laughs) no it's great. I mean, it's all, it's, it's, it's all connected, right? It comes back to being, it's all connected. And the dandelion, the dandelion is the mascot and the inspiration for the name Herbal Revolution. Dandelion was one of the first plants that I had. You know, when you say my, you know, talking about favorite herbs, I can't, you know, there's many, there's so many allies and plants that I work with and love dearly. And dandelion is a strong one for me. It's one of the first herbs as a child that I was really connected with. It's one of the first herbs that I learned medicinally. Learned how to eat because all aspects of the plant are edible, but it's so resilient. You know, when you talk about it growing out of the cracks, it it will grow out of asphalt. It grows everywhere. It is so resilient. It cannot be kept down. The plant world shows us its resiliency. And I think that that's amazing. It's such strong medicine, dandelion. And it's, I think, many of our common weeds are overlooked at how amazing they are as as food and plant medicine. Yeah. And the weeds I used to when I started the business I I started eat your weeds. I that was like the slogan for the business and I started shirts and my hope was that people it would spark conversation, you know, the I felt like I feel and I still feel this way if more people understood what's in their yards. They would stop spraying those friggin' pesticides. It's mind blowing to me the chemicals. And as an organic yeah. farmer, you know, I, I've been a an organic farmer all these years, and I don't. I'm not going to sidetrack on pesticides and chemicals in our food, yeah. but oh my gosh, come on. So well, it's yeah,
0: it's wild. I I mean, we can't sidetrack for a second on pesticides and just the importance of of buying organic. And you know, the buzz, the buzz pesticide is what gliophosphate right now, and just the amount of damage that it has done to our world and to our bodies and to our children's bodies. And I mean, if yeah, eat your weeds and eat organic, I think it's so important. But so getting back to herbs, what is it in herbs that makes them so powerful? Like I know, you know, you grow vegetables and you grow herbs and, and both are or have their healing properties, but what is it about herbs in particular?
1: Well, I, I would say that they're pretty similar in a lot of different ways. They're, you know, Plants are made of chemical constituents and phytochemicals. And so it's really those chemical constituents that make up how the medicine, like what that plant medicine is going to be, potency, all of that. Same with foods, you know, and a lot of these, some of these chemical constituents are like, high in flavonoids and vitamins and proteins and, you know, chlorophyll and all minerals. And so it's just a matter of like what the balance is. You know, we know that some vegetables have more minerals than others. Well, that's the same with herbs. You know, there's some that have, you know, foods that have are higher in vitamin C. Herbs can be the same. So it just is very dependent on their chemical makeup.
0: And how do they work in the body? Well, so herbs like if you were to take dandelion, for example, like what is it in dandelion that is so impactful to the body? There's
1: many. So there's like a, a handful of different constituents and I could go dig out my materia medica to really, you know, I, yeah. I, I, like I said earlier, I'm not, I can't, I don't carry it all quite in my head, yeah. but there's, there's a host of chemical constituents like a, that are like, that are more concentrated in higher concentrations. And yeah. a, a one that's really obvious is the bitters. It's a, it's a, it's a high in bitters and you can taste those bitters. Right. And whenever you have a plant that is a bitters, it, and you have that taste a vegetable too, but it really activates our digestive system. And so it's going to have an effect on our entire digestive system. Um, and again, depending on the makeup, you know, it might have a little bit more support in the liver or the intestines, you know, it sort of depends on the makeup, but with like dandelion, it works really fabulous and supportive for our, our liver and supporting our liver. Yeah.
0: And that's true for most bitter herbs, right? Yes. I've heard that most bitter herbs are stimulating to the liver. Is that the right word to use stimulating? <laughs> they
1: can be stimulating, they can be supportive, they can be I mean, I think that there's there's again like, you know, some nuances there, right? Yeah. Of what it can be doing, but stimulating, some of them can be protecting, some of them, mm-hmm. you know, like turmeric is a great one turmeric is is probably not known as much of a bitter but it has some bitter qualities and it's great for supporting the the liver but it protects the liver and so so there's there's varying degrees of what they can do yeah and what should someone look for when purchasing herbs well yeah that's a that's that's a that's a whole class on its own you know i I, be (laughs) especially since I grow them, we have like, it's a, I, if you can grow them. So that's where I'd start first. If you can, if you have the ability to grow some, and there's a lot of plants that can be grown if you don't have land of your own or time. I mean, there's all those factors. There's all kinds of factors, Mm -hmm. but if you can, you know, start with a small garden and grow your own, that is going to be the best quality. So fresh is best. Fresh grown by yourself is best, but then yeah. you know, how to use them? It could be it depends on the plant. You can use it fresh, or you know, fresh only lasts for so long. So drying them for use to go into, you can tincture them fresh, depending on the, or you can dry them to be tinctured later or to be made into tea. So there's 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 different ways of using it. And some fresh too. If you have it fresh and it's an edible, I always recommend eating it. Like the, going back to the dandelions. I'm going to eat all those dandelions. I'm going to eat those roots and I'm going to eat those leaves as long as I can. And then I'll go and make some medicine with them. And, you know, with dandelion, the like vinegars, you know, if it's it's so high in minerals, so vinegars. But if you're looking to go buy and purchase herbs, I would start with a local herb farm. If you, you know, first check your area and see if there's anybody local growing. And I suggest that with food too. Start with your local organic farmers. And if your local organic farmers, you know, are not growing the herbs that you're looking for, then you can pop online. Some of my favorite herb, herb places to go are Zachwood's Farms. Zach Woods, Zach Woods. they're in Vermont. Foster Farm, they're also in Vermont. Healing Spirit Farm, they're an herb farm in New York. And there's Oshala Farm and Pacific Botanicals out in Oregon. And that's, that's those are some good – and there's us. There's Herbal Revolution. Yes. We don't do a ton in large sizes, but we still do have like a, a variety of dried herbs that we offer as well.
0: Yeah, and and herbs and tinctures. And I mean, you have a, a number of things that I was noticing that you are selling on your website. So you can take herbs just by themselves or I, I know you mentioned tinctures or infusing olive oils or vinegars or things yeah. like that. And then I know, you know, a lot of people right now are, are taking herbs for immunity support. Yeah. So there's herbs like elderberry, which I know I got a box of herb of the month of elderberry. Yeah. And so I think one of the, the recipes that came in there was, was syrup. Like there's an elderberry, like syrup that you can, that you can make. And and I think kind of back to your point, like fresh is best. You know, you could go to the store and buy the elderberry syrup, yeah. but I I just feel like it hits different when you have a connection where you've, you've held the elderberries and, or the elder. Elder flowers and elderberry. I'm still yeah. learning. Um, right. but, but making your own, you know, I think is just so much more powerful because you do have that experience of being with the herbs. And I know some people might find that, you know, kind of woo, but anytime you can make your own, I think it's just so much better and so much cheaper too.
1: Yeah, it's true. And and it is, it's accessibility and having the time and ability to make it and the knowledge. Yeah. But with things like that, it doesn't have to be. One of the things that I think is so important is that, you know, if you're just doing home herbalism for yourself to support like for preventative care, it is so accessible for everybody to do if they have the desire and the time to do it. You know, I, I don't suggest people start doing clinical herbal, you know, you need training yeah. if you're going to start working with people and doing acute situations, but for supporting your family, there's so much that everybody can be doing and it's really empowering. and. And yeah, it's so empowering if you're able to to do that. What would you say are some kind of
0: relatively safe herbs to start with? Like if you, if you have, you know, have as you have a family.
1: Yeah, I think that there's some really great herbs. And so a lot of herbs that are considered nourishing herbs or tonic herbs. So tonic herbs are herbs that are safe to be taking on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So those are things that are like often your herbs that are rich in minerals, like metals, alfalfa. Raspberry leaf, lemon balm, tulsi, you know, the sacred basil. Those are those are some of my tops. Oat oat tops or oat straw, milky oats is the same thing. Those are like solid. You can be and these are herbs that are that everybody needs. We all I I can't remember the statistics, but I would say that eighty percent of little visits or doctors' visits are related to stress. And yeah. so, if we can support the nervous system, then you know maybe that can you know supporting the nervous system. And once you support the nervous system, that supports the immune system. Again, all of these systems are connected. Everything is connected. You support the nervous system, you're supporting your digestive system because most of our n- nervous system lives in our digestive system. So yeah. that connection between all of that. Other herbs like dandelion, burdock. These are gentle enough, often to use on a daily basis as well. I. I do, you know, every, everybody's different. I use, I like to use mushrooms, elderberry. I I do will take, I will take elderberry fairly regularly during like the September to May window, but medicinal mushrooms are great. And actually medicinal mushrooms should be taken on a regular basis. Again, preventative care. These are things that you can be taking all the time, adding it into your lifestyle. So your body is more resilient and vital to fight things off and to deal with the internal stresses and external stresses of just being alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like your, your point about preventative care. Cause a lot of people wait until they're sick yeah. to do something. And yeah, um, that's what I love about because <laughs> I'm sorry. What?
1: Yeah. I said, yeah, don't do that. Everyone. Yeah. Just start right into and- your life right now. And the easiest thing that I've found to do is just making tea.
0: Yes. Just always having a cup of tea. And that in itself, I feel like just making a cup of tea is like an act of self-care. The whole ritual of boiling the water, and especially with all the herbs that I've gotten from you just I I build my little concoctions, you know, in my little tea, yeah. in my tea strainer. I put oh a little. People we'll do a little rose today, or uh. always tulsi, a little chamomile, kind of depending on how I'm feeling. If I'm trying to be calmed and, and grounding, and but just and I have my kids too. My kids are mm. super into tea. It's so cute. So anytime like I see them start to feel stressed out, I was like, "Do you want tea?" It's like my 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 answer to everything. Do you want some tea? And and it's so cute. They now kind of have gotten used to that reaction of like, yes, I want tea. Cause I know I'm going to sit with my cup of tea and just have a moment and like, relax. And, and that, yeah, that's like our, how we handle everything in my house is like, okay, it's tea time. Everyone needs tea.
1: I, <laughs> love, so that. I love hearing that so much. I, I like tea is what I like. I've been wanting to teach classes of this for years. I feel like mm. so much can be healed just through tea and just through what you explained.
0: Because you have to
1: take the time to make it, you know, and during that time, it's such an opportunity to stop and pause and just take a few breaths. That alone can help recenter our nervous system, which will affect our, you know, like I said, it'll affect all other aspects of us. It's really Mm -hmm. powerful. I think that some of these things that seem so simple, you know, it doesn't need to be something grand. You don't need to have Mm -hmm. like these crazy extractions and do I don't know? You know all these insane rituals. I mean, nothing insane. I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> No, that's
0: okay. No, but we, we we want you know we we want to complicate things sometimes, and even like the stress of like complicating it. It's like when we just just doing something simple because doing something simple is easier to be more consistent about it.
1: Absolutely. And
0: when we, yeah, I mean, save those. I love ritual. Actually, I I did another podcast <laughs> with. A, no, ritual is super important, but you know the consistency of ritual is super important too. And so, like the act of making tea is a ritual, and it's a very simple, easy ritual to do on a daily basis. And yes, those those grand rituals are awesome. Like when you have all the other things, I mean, it feels it's so powerful. But there's
1: there's big ways to ritual, and then there's little ways to ritual, and exactly exactly and i love that it because it's it's it is about not complicating things how can we keep things so you know there's no need to complicate things but to your point yes to those big rituals they're so they are so yeah. powerful but hard to keep that up on a daily basis and right. so what does that look like day to day and yeah, yeah tea it's just so it is that powerful
0: yeah and I, and for everyone that's listening, if one change you could make, just say no to bagged tea, like go, go to a bulk bin, your closest bulk bin or order online. I'll put all those names of the, the different herbal resources that you shared, but just play around with tea and loose leaf tea and just commit to just drinking tea and not getting tea bagged tea. Because I also don't like teabag tea because I think they put plastic in the teabags and I I feel like it's just too much trash and it disconnects you yet again through layers and layers of like what you're actually drinking. And so, you know, really like being able to see what chamomile really looks like or being able to see what all the different herbs look like is just so super cool. So say no to (laughs)
1: teabags. It's true. And I will say like French press, French press is the best and easiest way Mm -hmm. to just make tea. Just get yourself a French press and it makes it so easy to put all those loose leaf herbs into that French press and just, you know, put your hot water in, let it infuse. You can let it infuse for, you can make an herbal, a tea or you can make it an herbal infusion and it's easy to leave overnight. It's easy to put in the fridge for an iced tea. It's just, it's just, it can make it really easy. You don't have to fill those little balls.
0: Yeah. That is such a great idea. I've never thought of that. So I'm definitely going to do that myself. It's so good. And so what is, what is the difference? You said tea and infusion is just the amount of herbs you put in
1: there. It's the length of time that it steeps. So teas are Mm -hmm. often steeped for a shorter period of time and tea like herbs that like to steep for a shorter period of time tend to be like flowers and some aromatics like lemon balms and things that like are very volatile in – or have a lot of volatile oils in them. So those those can have like – a and, and if you're doing er- herbs with a volatile oils like lemon balm, the mint, any of those aromatics, cover it. So if you're doing it in French mm-hmm. it's covered, but if you're doing it in a mug, just cover it so that you don't lose all mm-hmm. of those, those oils because they'll evaporate with, with the, heat. but so a tea is often like more light or like flour, delicate things that just sort of release their medicine into the water pretty redi- readily. An infusion is when you are looking to, for, to extract more. So herbs that are like, so that's more of your beef herbs and especially like mineral herbs, like nettles. Like a nice metal mm-hmm. infusion, I, I like to tell people like play around, like let something infuse for thirty minutes, an hour, two hours, overnight, and you can sort of see the taste and difference of of the of the of the drink. And mm-hmm. so I usually do infusions overnight. I'll make them at night time, and then they'll be ready the next morning when I wake up. So that's again, that's for just some stronger a stronger medicine is to infuse it. Some I'm totally to doing order. that order. I've just been doing it this long, you know, for, for years like this.
0: (laughs) Can you, so a question about tea, can you have the, can the water be too hot? Like, do you have to be careful about how hot the water is? Or, you know, if you're mixing different herbs in the infusion, do you want to be careful about that? Some herbs maybe max out at a certain point. Or is it just throw it all in
1: there with hot water? You have to worry about it. Throw it all in there and don't worry about it. You're going to get all kinds of different answers depending on who you talk about, talk to, you, but that's how I deal with it. Okay. Yeah, there can be some varying, but I'm not going to sit there and take the temperature. You know, what I usually do is I'll let it boil and then I'll let it sit for a second and then pour it over the herbs. So it's not like scorching hot. Oh. That's one way of doing it. Yeah. Okay.
0: This is great. I'm so excited now. I just want to go make some tea. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We should be drinking tea right now. What are we doing? Let's see. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, maybe right now, you know, in season, like what are, what is your favorite herb right now? Is there something that you're kind of really into or playing with? What's in rotation?
1: Yeah. What is in rotation right now? I'm about to, I'm heavy into my mushrooms right now and mushroom elixir. It's that time of year. And I'm drinking my chaga chai a lot. Like that Mm -hmm. is my go-to tea right now is the chaga chai. So warming spices. So I'm I'm having into like the 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 grounding warming herbs right now is what I'm is yeah. what I'm really into. It's it's I'm in Maine, so it's cold, it's snowy, so yeah. I want that like warming and grounding kind of energy. And so that includes too, like the roasted dandelion. We roast the dandelion roots. So roasted dandelion, burdock root. I really like you know, roots right now. Yeah. And you have all this on on your your, Yeah, sorry. That's
0: okay. And you have all this on your website. I think I saw the the chaga. Yeah. Is that right? I
1: did yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of so it's not like an individual like it's it's like I'm I'm actually using my products, which is not always what I do. Usually I just like kitchen witch and like make whatever Mm -hmm. I have available because that's just fun and what I love to do. But And if I'm doing that, it it is often a mix of like dandelion root, roasted chicory. I mean, not chicory, roasted dandelion root and cinnamon. Yeah. Oh, so good. Maybe in there. Yeah. Yum. So
0: on the you know kind of on the flip side of this, should there is there any kind of cautionary words, or should people be careful about you know ingesting herbs, or there you know what should someone think about before maybe starting? incorporating herbs into their life.
1: Sure. Yeah. People should definitely do some research. I think that that's really important or, you know, work with a local herbalist. That's another thing that people could do. If people are just trying to look at adding things in, I would stick with herbs that you can eat. Like what are herbs Mm -hmm. that are like already a food? So that's like a really good base to land, but Oh, you can always look it up and see if there's contraindications. There's a website called drugs.com that you can go if you're if you're taking medication, you can go and look up the medication and see if there's any contraindications of certain herbs. So that's something I highly recommend. Oftentimes, you know, lots of medications are contraindicated with other medications. And it's just a good kind of resource mm-hmm. to check your meds in general to make sure that your meds aren't contraindicating each other, because this is actually a very common thing. So right. So that's, that's one thing I, I recommend. Okay. That's really
0: good advice there. And what, do you have any resources that you might want to share for people oh, to yeah. kind of learn more about the healing power herbs or like how to kind of start? I mean, actually, I will just promote your herb of the box uh-huh. or your, your herb of the month you know, I felt like that was just, if someone's really wanting to learn more about herbs and wanting it to be easy, the herb of the month was such a great way of doing that. It's, and you just, you have a whole month of playing with the herbs and of making different products and then learning the healing properties. So I'll just promote that on your, on your behalf. Cause I thought it was so cool.
1: Thanks. That's so sweet. It, it is so cool. And, and I'm hoping to write more zines too, that are bite sized yeah. you know how to make things bite sized for you know yeah. I, I love bite sized nuggets I also have a book and so our, my book is really great for learning to how to incorporate herbs into your daily life like through foods or making your own tinctures that are specific for digestive support, nervous system support. I wanted to circle back to, there is this great book, The Essential Guide to Herbal Safety. So that's another thing for people that are wanting to work with herbs more. This is a book that can be great and it's by Simon Mills and Carrie Bone. Some other great er herb books to start with, anything by Rosemary Gladstar. You can start, all of her books are such great books to, to just get going and start learning about herbs and herbalism. So I highly recommend Rosemary's books. Also, Anne McIntyre. Anne McIntyre is English, she's, I she's believe, from the UK. And she is, is more an Ayurvedic. She's, a, she's, she, she's actually studied herbalism in all aspects of Ayurvedic, Chinese, and Western but is heavily in Ayurvedic. And so any of her books are quite wonderful. And she has a wonderful book on flower essences, if anyone's interested in learning of flower essences. But my favorite book of hers, sorry, is Dispensing dispensing with Tradition. And so that's a, that's a really great book to have on hand. David Winston's book, Adaptogens, is one of my favorite books for learning about adaptogens. If you're going to learn about yeah. adaptogens, for anyone who's interested in learning about adaptogens, David Winston's book is the book to I highly, highly recommend it. I can't recommend it enough. It's it's such a great it's such a great book, and it's it's by David and also Stephen Mames. I hope I said it. What's correctly. the name of that one? This is called Adaptogens: Herbs for Strength, okay. Stamina, and Stress Relief. And I, I believe he has so, a second edition out now.
0: Yeah, and explain maybe a little bit what adaptogens are.
1: Oh, adaptogens are herbs or like foods. They're foods that. Can help our bodies basically adapt internally and externally to stresses. I always look at them as having the ability to just really help bring our body into it's like help guiding our body to its full vitality. But it, you know, basically it's just how they help, they can help support internally and external stresses. It's yeah. more to that. There's so much more to that. But that's it. Again, it's, it's its own thing. But really recommend David's book if for people who want yeah. to learn more about the workings of adaptogens because there's a lot of research and there's more research happening and then and then his book also not only talks about adaptogens but a lot of herbs that work well with adaptogens so there's a whole section on nervines and these are herbs that most everybody needs <laughs> in my opinion
0: and what are some examples of nervines
1: yeah nervines so uh, often uh, interesting a lot of our aromatics and some bitters mm-hmm but lemon balm, skull cap, blue vervain. These are all herbs, oat, milky oat tops and milky oat mm-hmm. from a tincture perspective. And that's a fresh tincture blend. So those are just a few. Tulsi is another one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, okay, I have some lemon balm and I have some Tulsi. Yeah. So I'll go, <laughs> that will be my infusion I'll make. I, like I said earlier, I adaptogens was kind of what got me down the herbal path myself and I have personally seen so much nourishment with my own body and just how my body handles stress and the effects of that stress has on my body I can really tell a big difference so I'm a big fan of adaptogens d- I'm definitely
1: going to get that book that I don't th- I've not read that so Yeah you should um, read it it's so good yeah. I can't recommend it enough you're going to love it you're going to love it you're going to you're going to love this book you're going to love it Yeah it, it's right at my alley. I'm I'm a big
0: proponent of you know having your toolbox full of all the things yeah. that helps your body with stress. You know, working in corporate America and just raising a family and all of that. There's just there's some stress you can't avoid. So a- after you've avoided all the stress that you can, it's like how to deal with the stress that you have and having that full toolbox and adaptogens is definitely one of the natural remedies. I think that everyone. Should take a look at if you're dealing with a lot of stress.
1: Absolutely. And this yeah. goes back to adding them into your daily life, those adaptogens, yeah. so that your body becomes resilient,
0: making it easy.
1: Yeah. Don't wait till you don't wait till that like stress that you know is coming down the pot, you know, like yeah. get ready for it.
0: Yeah. Preventative, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, so, how can people learn more about you, learn more about herbal revolution? You maybe want to share your website and your Instagram and all those great things?
1: Yeah. So we have a website. It's just herbal. Actually, I think it's just herbalrev.com. Yep. It's herbalrev.com. And you can go there and you can learn more about us and all the things we offer. We have a handful of herbal different lines. We have a tea line. We have dried herbs. As we were talking, we have some elixirs, tinctures, and then apple cider vinegar tonics. And then we have like a learn section where we have the plant of the month box. And then we also have the zines for people that don't want to commit to the full subscription. We have the individual zines as well. And I'm hoping to start doing some classes online and here at the farm. So I I haven't figured them out fully, but as soon as we will, as soon as I have it figured out, I'll be posting that. And so signing up for our newsletter. This is a great way to stay connected with what's going Mm -hmm. on and to learn when I'll start offering some classes and what else? Instagram. Yeah. We're herbal rev or herbal revolution on Instagram. So you can find us there as well.
0: And check out your awesome farm and all the great things that you're doing. Okay. Well, anything else that we didn't cover? I think we covered a lot. It's been so fantastic talking with you, Kathy. Thanks, Alicia. You as well. Thank you for listening to humanize the hustle podcast. If you would like to get in touch with the show, email me at gml.com or follow me on Instagram at wellnesswithalicia. And if you like the show, please share it with someone you love and make sure and give us a five-star review. Talk to you next time. And remember, health and happiness is non-negotiable.